You're listening to Spice Radio, 12 near AM's The Morning Buzz with Kieran Audula. And we're talking about how all students from kindergarten to grade 9 in British Columbia public schools will now be assessed with the proficiency scale instead of letter grades. We'll be speaking to Annie Ohana, educator and activist, on what this all means. Annie, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you about this because prior to this interview, I was telling you a lot of people have a lot of feelings on this entire thing. So mm-hmm. before we get into it, how exactly did this idea sort of come about? Because you were telling me this is not new. No, it's not new. It's taken at the very least five years, and I would argue that assessment has always been a topic for teachers to think about, uh, something we work on constantly. And over the years, as we reflect on the practices that we use, uh, you know, seeing both positives and negatives to things like grades, uh, whether, you know, comments or, you know, different forms of assessment in class, you know, be that a summative test or a formative assessment. These are things, like, I remember learning this 12 years ago in my teacher program. So, so I, I do want people to understand that assessment is a constant, constant practice in, in teachers. Um, sorry, in the way teachers practice their their craft, and and this is not an all of a sudden, um, momentary blip, you know, kind of decision uh, to make these changes. Because that's what it kind of feels like, right? Just mm-hmm. based on the reaction that we're seeing there. So, mm-hmm. give us a little bit of a breakdown. What exactly is this proficiency scale and how it all works? So basically what's happening, and I think for people who might have elementary school children, they might realize this has been going on for a while through perhaps mechanisms like fresh grade and, and other forms, where basically instead of just a letter grade um, or, or a percentage, uh, what we were finding was that the percentages in the letter grades lacked nuance and lacked actually the specific, you know, skill sets and, and application that students could do or, or could not do. So it was the de- development of a scale that allows students to see their growth, not just like linear, but, but in a way like growth that continues on, that just taking one class doesn't make you an expert in any one topic, that this is an ongoing journey. And that really is what the proficiency scale is about. Whereas a grade, what we were finding is that people would think, yes, I have an A and this and therefore you know i must know everything about this and then finding the following year that they in fact were lacking in different skill sets from a teacher's perspective um that can be harmful because you just see a letter grade and you actually don't really know uh what the student can or or cannot do you you figure that out as you teach obviously and as you assess so the proficiency scale we found uh, much like you know, if we really think about uh, people's professions when you have a workplace review, you know, the idea is that to look at the actual, you know, production, right? To look at actually what the person is producing and, and how that matches up to what is needed. Uh, we, we felt very strongly, and that's through statistical testing as well, um, sorry, standardized testing, I should say, that these letters and numbers really didn't give us a full view and were actually hampering um, the extent to which uh, students understand understood that growth was the goal uh, and not just a a pass or fail system. Mm. And also something else that you mentioned, Annie, was that teachers are a bit anxious that they will not receive properly funded training Mm -hmm. and proper release time to work on further development and implementation. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So, yeah, I think as people are speaking, like, oh, you know, not all teachers want this. I I don't think it's that teachers don't want this. I think that's um, an incorrect way of looking at it. Of course, we all have apprehensions, right? But uh, really, one one of the crux, one of the key issues here is that 
really throughout the years you've been critically underfunded. So a lot of times teachers will take professional development and, and training, like necessary training, onto their own backs. Where it is not properly funded, we don't get release time, it's called in-service at times, you know, to spend the day looking at this, practicing it, working with our colleagues in our various departments to really build a set of best practices and, and pedagogies that can help us. So we know the amount of work. Absolutely, I think parents and teachers that are saying this is going to add a lot more work, they are not wrong in that. The fear is that districts will not see that that is something that we need to be trained on and that needs to happen you know, as part of the school schedule and not outside of it where the burden is simply on teachers' own time, uh, own resources, and, and that is really not uh, going to get an effective system. And this is a larger issue, whether it's like lack of TOCs or, you know, lack of funding for any number, you know, LST, uh, special needs support, librarians, you know, the list goes on and on. But you can add that to the list. Uh, we, we really, we are uh, really asking very closely for the ministry, for everybody involved to really consider what this means and the kind of resources teachers need to feel supported. Annie, as a parent myself, um, I really think that this letter removal of the letter grade system would make sense for the lower grades, that is say, maybe kindergarten to grade five or six. Mm, but mm-hmm. when it comes to the higher grades, I think they're not going to be well prepared. Oh, that's my concern mm-hmm. for university. And it's so very subjective, right? When you're talking about something like a label calling it emerging proficient or exceeding. Mm-hmm. It's not giving me as a parent or even the student a clear idea about mm-hmm. where they stand. I, so I would love to sit down with you and any parents to show you. I'm actually doing my marks right now. And I can show you that those four words are actually not the be-all, end-all. So what I'm doing is going through all the assessments and looking at the actual skills that are being built. So let's say like in a French class, that being the grammar. Which types of grammar are they effective in? Are they able to speak? To what length are they able to speak to? Where can growth be had? So I think the fear that parents have, and, and it's, it's, fine, it's absolutely um, a concern that is valid, is that, well, if you just see that one, um, you know, the three you know, letters that represent that, that proficiency scale, that there won't be any nuance or depth to it. And that's where the work does come in. Um, again, if you have any kind of degree, um, if you're in a workplace, you'll notice that your assessments are not necessarily percentage-based. When I did my master's, it was not percentage-based, right? Um, and so the idea is that the numbers themselves, and you know, a number can be attached, but I find it hard sometimes to actually know what an 80% actually is, to be quite honest with you. And, and certainly kids have a hard time defining that. Uh, what we're hoping is to give more qualitative data that can be looked at, that, that can really be taken in. We're also trying to produce an environment where parents are in the system more, where our communities, where our kids, this is an ongoing discussion of their growth instead of just waiting for a report card at the end of the year. Um, just like driving, you know, you would kind of want to check in on your skills, uh, just like doctors, just like nurses, you know, you want to check in on, on, you know, the new development and how to further your growth. And we're really trying to make a model that has assessment and metrics more at the, at the core of everyday practice rather than a, a one-off assessment that sometimes doesn't go very well for the student or really um, kind of hides almost uh, where the growth can be had. So I really encourage parents to engage. And I know this is, we work so hard, you know, as if there's enough time in a day. But that's why we need to push for better funding. That's why we need to push for times where, where school 
schools are open to parents, where teachers have the time to actually spend time with parents uh, to discuss their children's progress. And yes, email and Teams, and you know, we have a lot of lovely online resources now as well. So I think as, and no one's saying that, you know, all of a sudden there's no test or that there's no assessment. If anything, there is more assessment, and students are part of that assessment. Uh, students are now, you know, telling us how they learn, you know, and, and how, like, we can help them learn better, which is so key, especially if you have students with special needs, especially if you have students with specific uh, modifications like accommodations. The letter grades never work for them. But in this system, we can really provide a more holistic approach to where their growth can continue. But please, uh, if you hear anything about, well, now there's no assessment or no testing or that that is so far from the truth. We are trying to make things better so that all students can see success and that even failure becomes growth and success rather than what I've seen where kids just drop out of school or, or parents think there's no hope when really there is. It's just that we need to see it through a different lens. And hopefully this scale can provide us uh, with that ability to, to build that kind of assessment environment. And, you know, Annie, because I know they were saying that there are school districts that have been using this since 2016. Mm-hmm. I know you cannot speak for, like, all the teachers, of yeah. course. But, like, what yeah. have you been hearing in terms of since kind of, like, switching to the scale? Yeah, so because, you know, a lot of teachers saw this for a very long time, right, where, you know, you're giving the student a mark. And, okay, yeah, it's a number, but again, the students aren't necessarily understanding that number, and there even isn't the background to understand where that number came from. So uh, teachers for, yeah, well over a decade, if not more, have been developing these proficiency scales that they use in their classrooms. Uh, I use one that's based on anti-oppression, for example, for my social justice students. So first of all, it's a lot of work. Absolutely, right? Because you're sitting down, you're putting more intent into your grades, into your into your metrics, right? into your assessment practices. Uh, but you also are able to speak with the students at a deeper level about where they might be struggling, where their skill sets need to develop. And I've seen it used in math classes, in science classes, and in fact, they feel it produces a better math or science citizen than just someone that goes, yes, I have an 86 in pre-calc, right? Uh, or I have, you know, uh, a 65 in physics, uh, which really didn't mean that they might understand how that converts to, you know, their next level of classes. So it is extra work, um, a lot of time and effort, and, and this is by all not the, the end, right? This is something we continue to look at, right? Does this work? Does it, you know, is it effective? Do we need to adjust things? But, you know, this is something that was not just dropped on us from the ministry. Um, it is something that we've been building in conjunction. And, yes, we have questions. Yes, we have concerns. Um, I mean, that's a very healthy environment to be in. But overall, teachers have been, uh, for a very long time, uh, bringing up concerns about standardized testing, uh, about these forms of one-off that have often been culturally insensitive, uh, you know, that there was quite a bit of systemic racism within that, but also we were finding that um, the pass-fail model based on numbers was not necessarily producing uh, an education environment where students are continual learners rather than, you know, just aiming for a specific mark. Annie, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You too.